0: Hey, hey, and welcome to the Friends of the Bridegroom podcast. This is the podcast of St. John the Baptist Catholic Church and School in Savage, Minnesota. And I'm your host, Father Ben Little, pastor here at St. John's. And I think for the first time in our podcasting journey, I am flying solo today. I am not joined by any partners here on the podcast, but happy to be with you all the same. I'm grateful for your taking the time to listen And let's begin, as we always do, with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who has taught the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant that in that same Spirit we would always be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, everyone. Uh, since we are uh, kind of by ourselves today, I'm at least I'm by myself. I'm not sure how you might be listening uh, to the podcast today, but it'll be a brief one. Uh, just have some thoughts to offer on a recent homily, which itself was a reflection on something very important in the in the life and history of of our church. Uh, speaking, of course, of the death of of His Holiness, Pope Benedict XVI, uh, the Pope Emeritus, uh, who died on uh, New Year's Eve, December 31st, and uh, was buried a few days later with his funeral uh, presided over by Pope Francis. And really one of the most remarkable things we've seen um, is kind of an unprecedented moment in the history of our church that, uh, that a sitting pope would celebrate the funeral of his predecessor. And so we, we got to, to, uh, to witness that, which is really an extraordinary thing, and with uh, Pope Benedict uh, passing away uh, on on a weekend, on a on a Saturday morning, is when I received the the news. You know, it certainly influenced my my approach to um, to what what I did with my homily that that Sunday, and so we're going to go ahead and make another uh, deep dive into a recent homily, as we've done on a few of these podcasts so far. And so here is uh, the homily that I preached uh, a couple weekends ago, uh, just speaking from the heart about uh, our de- dear departed Holy Father, Pope Benedict, my uh, reactions and my reflections, uh, kind of in the context of, of the readings on that occasion, on the, on the Feast of, uh, of Mary, the Mother of God. Uh, so here is that homily. Take a listen, and we will be back. As I mentioned at the beginning of the Mass... This is the eighth day in the octave of Christmas. It brings to a, a close this uh, great feast of the Lord's birth, and we're so blessed um, by the beautiful new uh, depiction of Bethlehem here in the church. And you can, as you can see, the, the Magi are on their way. Uh, they'll, they'll kind of move towards the, towards the chapel, towards the stable over the course of the week and arrive there for the Feast of the Epiphany. Uh, which, is, which is their time to shine uh, a week from today. But the joy of Christmas, as with any earthly joy, any joy we can experience on earth, always has with it a little bit of, of sadness, right? So the, the manger is always understood as a foreshadowing of the cross, right? Jesus laid in the wooden manger as he would one day be nailed to the cross. That's why he came. And this year, as we bring this Feast of the Nativity to a close, and despite our joy, there is a great sadness, something that is very uncommon, uh, the death of a pope. As you may know, uh, our beloved, dear Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI passed away yesterday, and that sort of changed my approach <laughs> to what I was gonna say this weekend uh, because uh, I want all of you to know um, my love for you and my love for him. Uh, he's a very important person in my life. In a, in a very real way, he was like that uh, professor, that, that, that instructor in seminary. He was the pope of my seminary years. He was the first pope I ever saw elected. He was sort of the intellectual backbone of uh, the pope under whom I grew up, the great and heroic John Paul II. And so when he became pope, uh, it was a great joy for me, and I admired him very deeply, and I I feel even sort of a personal affection for him uh, because he is a little more of a a bookish uh, person, he was, and maybe not as street smart, so to speak, as I, I'd like to be. Uh, so there was, there was a, a real, um, I just say that in, in vulnerability to all of you, that, that there was there's, there's a part of him that really appealed to me in that way. And he was given great responsibility in the church, and he understood that. And I've been given great responsibility in the church to be a priest. I'm just in awe of what God has, has asked of me, and it's a joy uh, to be here as your shepherd. Uh, but just realizing the, the weight of that, and it was something that I sympathized with him greatly. Uh, he was given that, uh, that responsibility to care for the whole church. And really what he wanted to do was retire after the papacy of John Paul II, you might know this, and return to his native Germany, to Bavaria, where he grew up, and to simply pray and read and write. And then God called him to this awesome uh, task that he, that he uh, took up for nearly eight years. And then finally, in a really unprecedented way, uh, showed his humility uh, by resigning, And then uh, God gave us the gift of of Pope Francis, who is leading us to this day. So you might know that Pope Benedict is often mischaracterized, I think, as sort of a rigid and obsessed with doctrine and all of the no's of the Catholic Church. Uh, But if you actually look a little deeper, and I've said this before, actually look a little deeper, and for those who really knew him... Uh, He was a man of great gentleness and great humility, and he loved the Lord so much. He loved the Lord so much, and as I mentioned a moment ago, when he was going to retire, when he hoped to retire before he became Pope, his great hope was to write a book or a series of books on Jesus Christ, on Jesus of Nazareth. Well, he became pope and he took up that mission and he still did it, right? He, did, he still wrote those books. It's a trilogy, in fact, Jesus of Nazareth. Perhaps you've read them, they're, they're beautiful, beautiful. For a for a man who wrote all of this complicated, deep theology, you could fill a whole library shelf with all of his works. And a lot of them are very theologically dense and sophisticated, a man of tremendous intellect. But what he really wanted to do was write these books that were more of a meditation on Jesus. And it was really interesting what he what said when he, uh, when he published those books, finally, when he, when he completed them. He said, these books, Jesus of Nazareth, these are my personal search for the face of Jesus Christ, my personal search for the face of Jesus Christ. They weren't meant to be complicated theology, meant to teach people studying in universities. These were books of meditation. These were books of contemplation. And what he also did, and actually, again, a characteristic of his humility is he said, these are not official papal teaching. So as pope, whenever the pope writes something, that carries weight because he's the pope. He has that office of teaching the faithful, teaching the whole church. But what he said is he said, no, these are in a different category. These are not official papal teaching. These are just my personal reflections and meditations on the person of Jesus Christ. And he even said, hey, you're free to debate me on, on the contents of these books. And it just in, in his humility and in his, in his desire for people to read them in that way, which was oh, Astonishing, And, I, and I, I read those books and they're really, really beautiful. But again, that search for the face of Jesus Christ, the search for the face of Jesus Christ. We hear about that in the first reading today, that we are to search for the face of Christ because it's God who wants to let his face shine on us. The Lord said to Moses, speak to Aaron and his sons and tell them, this is how you shall bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you kindly and give you peace. That yes, we can study the word of God. We can study theology. And Joseph Ratzinger, Pope Benedict XVI certainly did that, perhaps better than anyone on this earth. I do believe one day he'll be a doctor of the church. Mentioned in the same conversation as St. Augustine or St. Thomas Aquinas. But he also did this in a spirit of profound love for Jesus. Seeking the face of Jesus. And every believer, every single one of us, should be able to do that. Yeah, maybe not with all of the advanced degrees in theology that a Pope Benedict XVI had, but we should all be seeking that face of Jesus. It's really important for us to do that. And we should learn our faith too. We should study the Catechism. We should read good Catholic reading. We should look at all of the teachings of the Church as revealing something to us of the love of God. They're not just rules. Right, And here, here again is where uh, very often Pope Benedict's sort of public reputation and public persona was mischaracterized, really unfair to him. Even all of those things he saw because he first sought the face of Jesus. He wanted to, the Lord to look upon him lovingly. He wanted to look upon the Lord with love. And he's a great example of us, for us of how to do that. And this feast that we celebrate today, the Feast of Mary especially Mary as mother of God. We celebrate the motherhood of Mary today. You know, all the different Marian feast days of the church's year, we celebrate different aspects of, of the Blessed Mother and her love for us and who she is. You know, maybe the different titles under which she's appeared, the different mysteries of her life, you know, the Annunciation, the Assumption, the Immaculate Conception, but today we really focus on what it is that Mary was the mother of God the maternity, the motherhood of Mary. And what is a mother's love? That special, that special way that only a mother can of looking upon her child in love and just finding wonder in her child. Moms are really good at studying their children too and analyzing and helping them grow and all of those things. But mothers are the ones who first look upon their children with, with wonder and awe. And this is exactly what Mary did, as we're told by St. Luke in the Gospel this Sunday, that Mary kept all these things reflecting on them in her heart. A better word is to ponder, to ponder these things in her heart. That Mary was no theologian. She didn't have all the advanced learning of a Pope Benedict XVI, but she had the most important thing. She had the fundamental thing which is seeking the, looking upon the face of Christ, the human face that she gave him. So we're all called to imitate the Blessed Mother, to look upon the face of Jesus, to seek his face in love and in wonder and awe. So we thank God for giving us Pope Benedict. We thank God for giving us all the people in our lives who have taught us to seek the face of Jesus in love. To look upon his face in awe and wonder. And we promise in this new year, as we begin this new year, Lord, let this now be a year where I simply ponder your face. I look for your face. I look for your face even in all the difficult places of my life. The places where I might be afraid or the places I might not want to look or the places that are hardships for me. Can I see your face in the difficult people in my life, the more troublesome people in in my life? Can I gaze in awe and wonder in love and imitate your mother and imitate these great examples that you've placed before us in your church, especially this one who we say farewell to? It's really amazing that Pope Benedict, that he was actually retired as pope longer than he served as the active pope. It's kind of one of those really weird uh, curiosities of of papal history. But what Pope Francis has said is that in those nearly 10 years where he, after he resigned from the papacy, Pope Francis said he sustained the church in silence. He sustained the church. Now, what does that mean? He's... It means that he prayed. It means that he lived a life of deep prayer and silence. Yeah, he had a few public appearances through those years, but he really spent all those years just praying for the church, interceding for the church, offering up his sufferings and his getting closer to the end of his life, offering that all for the love of God and for the love of his people. So can we imitate that? Can we be grateful for that? Can we imitate that? Lord, let me seek always the face of Christ. And Pope Benedict, we thank you and we pray for you. We pray that truly the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you kindly and give you peace. And we're back uh, having heard that uh, homily that I preached a few weeks ago on the Feast of Mary, Mother of God. Just offering my own reflections and and sort of sharing my heart uh, in in the context of uh, saying goodbye to someone I uh, really loved and admired who uh, truly was a father to me. You know, we, we use that term uh, to describe the Pope, to refer to the Pope as the Holy Father. And, you know, I think sometimes that even that term can kind of... Um, Make people a little uneasy, you know. Is, is that is that, um, is that just some some old fashioned sort of uh, to, from a different time in the church? Um, but I think the more you grow in the faith, the more one uh, grows in the knowledge and love of Jesus Christ uh, that you come to understand, and you're you're grateful for the the presence of of uh, Jesus's vicar on earth, as, which is which is what another way we refer to the to the Pope. Uh, that uh, even the word pope itself is uh, it, is derived from the word for father, and you know one one of the things we you know, we understand is that uh, every every person who is a father on earth uh, exercises that fatherhood um, to a greater or lesser extent. To um, uh, the only one who you know truly is a father in the perfect way is is uh, God the Almighty Father, uh, and we're grateful for when we. Uh, know of earthly fathers who are good, um, you know, like um, like my own dad, and you know, maybe maybe everybody listening, you know, can think, of, you know, with, we pray that everyone has the blessing of a great earthly father, um, and our popes are no exception. They are, they may be very good, and I think Benedict was a good uh, was a good father to the church. Uh, no, no earthly father is perfect, um, but. Uh, we do have things that it's it's right to admire certain things and to and to hold them up, you know, when when uh, when they have uh, represented to us uh, the goodness of God the Father. So a couple of ways Pope Benedict did that for me. I shared in in the homily. Certainly his his temperament and his reputation as more of a scholar, more of a, a man of, of intellect, as opposed to being a you know maybe more of a people person or a, a pastor, uh, which hopefully in the homily. Uh, was was able to kind of address that that's not always a, a fair or just understanding of who the man was that uh, he was known to have moments of great uh, uh, warmth personal warmth uh, towards people and tenderness and humility uh, that um, very often the the media characterization of of not just a, not just a pope but really anybody in public life is not always accurate and uh, to to Look, but look beyond that. Look beyond um, someone who certainly knew the theology, knew all of the, knew all of the 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 intellectual way to approach God. But he also approached God in a in a in a way of of humble adoration. One of the uh, ways to to go a little deeper here is to offer a few uh, a few more instances of that uh, from from the life of Pope Benedict, and uh, one of the one of my favorite. Um, one of my favorite uh, moments of, of his papacy that that gets at this and shows shows this side of him uh, that wasn't always well appreciated or or even um, or even displayed for for everybody to see, but it was there if you followed him and if he, and if you uh, paid attention to his his uh, his writing and speaking and his travels uh, during those nearly eight years that he served as pope. Um, you might remember that in in 2011, in the summer of 2011, uh, World Youth Day was held in Madrid, in Spain, and Pope Benedict was there. And there was a, a moment uh, during that World Youth Day with uh, about two million uh, young people from all over the world. Uh, that um, Pope Benedict and you know, by the way, it, speaking of World Youth Day, you know this, you know for for someone who you know, was portrayed as being, again, you know, scholarly and kind of reserved and, you know, and not, uh, not personable. Um, Pope Benedict very easily could have said, you know, my predecessor, John Paul II, started these World Youth Days where you get all these young people together from all around the world and, and um, you know, people make long journeys and the, and the Pope makes a long journey to some other country and there's this intense uh you know, schedule of travel and I'm already, you know, 80 years old and I don't have the same gifts as my predecessor. So we're going to just, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bow out. I'm going to bow out of World Youth Day. But he didn't. He didn't. He went to a, a number of World Youth Days, uh, faithfully continuing that uh, when he easily could have uh, just made a judgment and said, you know, that's, that's just not something that I have the gifts for. But there he was. But there was a moment where He had all these, um, you know, several million uh, young people and and participants in that World Youth Day, at uh, at a big open air uh, evening of Eucharistic adoration, and during the course of that evening, uh, a terrible wind and rainstorm uh, came up, and you can actually look it up. Um, There's still it was a somewhat uh, memorable thing. Uh, you, you can you can see video of of you know, Pope Benedict trying to offer this reflection, and you know the wind, the wind blowing, and the rain coming down, and all of his um, his MCs and people around him trying to shield him with with umbrellas, <laughs> and and yet he he persevered. He could have again, you know, he could have said, "Let's pack it up, let's go," but he he um, he remained with these young people, uh, simply praying and adoring the Lord and. Um, blessing them with his presence and letting them know that they were loved uh, which is really the um, which is really the, the role of a, tr- of a true pastor a true shepherd a true father uh, especially to young people and that's you know that's what we seek to do here um, you know we're discerning you know how best to serve our young people especially in these in these changing times uh, but I loved the I love these words that um, that Pope Benedict shared with those young people on that occasion I'll um, I'll. I'll quote them here. And I think this was sort of off the cuff. He said, Dear young friends, we have lived together an adventure. Strengthened by your faith in Christ, you have resisted the rain. Before leaving, I wish you all good night. Have a good rest. I thank you for the sacrifice that you're making, and I have no doubt that you will offer it generously to the Lord. We shall see one another tomorrow, God willing, in the celebration of the Eucharist. I am expecting all of you. Thank you for the fine example that you have given. As happened tonight, you can always, with Christ, endure the trials of life. Do not forget this. I thank you all. So those are just some, some brief thoughts. Um, and with that, with that quote, I especially appreciate, and uh, those words um, find, find new meaning in my heart, uh, that we shall see one another tomorrow, God willing, in the celebration of the Eucharist. You know, I'm very, very grateful that at least for a brief moment in my priesthood, you know, from the time I was ordained until uh, that, you know, throughout that first year, I got to speak the name of Pope Benedict in the Eucharistic prayer. And uh, so I will continue to meet him in the Eucharist, and we will continue to meet each other in the Eucharist. Uh, this is the great truth of, of the Eucharist, or one of them, uh, that it is, the, it is the, uh, the perfect expression of the, of the Church's unity and faith. Uh, that holy communion is not just communion with me and the Lord; it certainly is that, but it's communion with all of the, all of the followers of Jesus. All those are are brought together in the one body of Christ. Uh, so Pope Benedict, uh, continue to honor your memory, and we um, we thank you for the example that you've been and you've left the church. This great treasure of your words and, and actions, even though they might not always be well understood, and uh, truly. Truly, I will see you tomorrow in the celebration of the Eucharist. And I hope I might see you one day in heaven. Well, before I go, uh, I just want to offer uh, a little fishing report, as as is our custom here. And the um, the fishing has been not so great. Um, this, uh, this weather we've had, although we sort of welcome the warmth, um, it doesn't make for good ice. I've been out... Um, Think since the last time we recorded a podcast, I haven't really even been out. But in a few days here, I'll be leaving to go to uh, Lake of the Woods for my annual trip, which I've I've written about and spoken about, and uh, looking forward to offering a a great report uh, from from there. And um, maybe the Lord will will bless us with some uh, with some good fishing there. I I I think we'll we will we will do our best. Uh, So um, ask for your prayers. Promise you my prayers. In the meantime. And uh, as, you keep, uh, as you keep setting out to, um, to bring in that catch of souls, may you have tight lines. And we ask, uh, as always, St. John the Baptist to please pray for us. And that'll do it for uh, this episode of Friends of the Bridegroom. Uh, thanks again um, for all of our listeners um, being with us. And uh, we'll see you soon. And uh, keep... Um, Keep hanging in there, and uh, if you think of it, say another prayer for Pope Benedict XVI, and you know, maybe crack open one of his documents, one of his one of his books, and uh, you can't go wrong. Bye for now.